Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me all right? All right. It's a long way up here. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm excited to be preaching and doing an adult forum as well. I'm going to tell you a little story. So one day, I was waiting for the bus, and a bus that wasn't mine stopped at the station, and a few people filed out. And one man was very nonchalantly, as most people do, holding a soda pop. And then he walked away from me, and I wasn't really paying attention to him, but I heard something splash on the ground. I looked over, and I saw that he had just nonchalantly tossed his soda pop on the ground. I kind of stood there in confusion and a little bit of shock. Like, how can someone so blatantly throw trash on the ground? And how can that someone just obviously have this disregard for the earth? Douglas John Hall, a theologian and author of many books, whom I've come to respect pretty deeply, wrote a book in 2004 titled Imaging God, Dominion as Stewardship. In this book, he argues that because, because we are created in the image of God, we, people, are to be caretakers and stand in solidarity with nature. In this book, he describes three important distinctions between how people treat and how people are, relate to the earth. So the three distinctions are humanity above nature, humanity in nature, and humanity with nature. Now, humanity above nature holds that people are superior to nature. We, as humans, are created with intellect and are superior to the natural world around us and therefore can destroy, pillage, and tear apart the earth. Humanity in nature, the second one, takes a much different view of our relationship to nature. This view emphasizes that we are part, one part in nature. There is no uniqueness to humans or anything else in the natural world, for that matter. We are, are embedded as something else that we find in nature. The last view that Hall proposes is humanity with nature. This, he argues, is the view we should adopt as our understanding of our relationship with nature. This view recognizes that people and other creatures are unique and have a specific fun function in creation. The preposition, preposition with is integral to this understanding of our relationship with nature. We are to stand in solidarity with, to accompany nature. This brings me to the text for today. Jesus uses this beautiful imagery of the vines and the branches to describe our relationship with God. In verse 5, he says, I, I am the vine, oops, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. This image of vines and branches describes a relationship. The branches cannot survive without the vine, and the vine does not produce fruit without the branches. Jesus uses this word abide to describe this relationship. And it's not only the relationship with nature, but it's describing our relationship with God. We are to abide in God. We are to stay or remain with God. It's an intimate relationship. Jesus must have used the imagery of the vine and the branches to depict how we are to have a relationship with God 
because nature is so good at relationships of reciprocity. There is a mutuality in the vine and branches relationship. The vine knows that in order for it to perform its function, it must work with the branches, and the branches rely on the vine for its well-being. This is the type of relationship we are to have with God, and even further, this is the type of relationship we are to have with the land. So let's go back to the word abide. Jesus uses the word abide 11 times in this passage alone. There's an importance of abiding in God. We haven't sung this hymn yet, but we will after the sermon. Um, the hymn Abide With Me today, and I chose it to further remind us what abiding in God looks like. Now I'm going to read through verse 2. So verse 2 of Abide With Me goes, Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joy grows dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide in me. In this hymn, the author describes the coming of the close of the day. When darkness is coming and earth's joys grow dim, God is present. This hymn is a reminder of God's continuous and abiding presence in our lives. I also love that the lyricist for this hymn uses so much earth-centered language throughout the whole entire hymn. It reminds me that God has a relationship with creation, too. God doesn't care just for us, but all of creation. And we are called into that relationship as well. So what does abiding in the land, in the earth, look like? Or in the way Douglas John Hall describes it, what does humanity with nature look like? It's hard to build a relationship with something that can't use words or emotions. As the person who tossed the soda pop in the first story on the ground, we become complacent because we do not have a relationship with nature. There are ways, however, to build a relationship. One, way, one place I really like to start is with animals. This does not mean if you're not an animal lover, you can't connect with nature in any way, but I find it a good place to open a door. So I'm sure many of you, either now or at some point in your life, had a pet or knew an animal of some sort. So I actually have two, well, I currently have one pet. One just passed away. Um, but I have a cat in Arizona named Crookshanks. Any Harry Potter fans? Yeah, my brother, my brother got to name all the cats, and so, you know. So does anyone else have pets? So what I'm going to ask you to do is share with your neighbor a little bit about pets or animals that you know. We'll, we'll give you a minute. Go ahead. All right, when you've shared a few stories, I invite you to come back. I love to share those stories. So a little bit more about my animals. So I mentioned I used to have two animals. A couple weeks ago, I had, um, we had a dog named Keats, after John Keats the poet. Um, my mom and my brother are very creative with their names. Um, but we made the hard decision to um, put Keats down. She was, she was struggling quite a bit. It was a very difficult decision for my family, but we knew she was in tons of pain, and it was time to put her to rest. 
So it got me thinking, what would we do for our pets? To what lengths would we take care of them? And how often do we put our pets' needs above our own? And now to take this one step further, what if we had this type of relationship with the land? What would it look like for us to care as deeply about the death and decay of a lake, river, or stream as we do our pets? And some people do have that relationship. Farmers, scientists, and others who work with or study the land abide in the land. One reason I think farmers and scientists have this inter intimate relationship with the land is their knowledge of naming what is around them. Naming is the beginning and opening to a relationship. When you meet someone for the first time, what is the first thing you ask? What is your name? Naming is powerful and impactful. This can be a way to start building a relationship with creation, naming the things around us. And once we move in and begin to have this relationship with the land, it's hard to ignore it. It's hard to ignore someone's or something's suffering when you know their name, know their values, know their passions, know how it grows. It's hard to ignore the suffering of creation when you build a relationship with it. I find it so fitting that we are talking about care for the land in this season of Easter. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated when Jesus overcame death. We proclaim the power of God through Jesus' resurrection. During the celebration of Jesus' resurrection, through that who provides us with new life is the season of spring, a time to witness new life firsthand. Spring doesn't say spring seem like a resurrection of sorts. After a long winter, all of creation huddled up and retreated to survive the cold for a very, very, very long winter. <laughs> a spring brings new life. Spring brings new birth, a resurrection of creation, and of people. Just last week, it was beautiful to walk through my neighborhood and witness kids playing in the park and adults talking in the street again. Spring is the time when we come out of our homes, enter the warm spring air, ready to tend the earth once again. As we enter this spring and summer season, I encourage, actually urge, you to stop and recognize the new life budding up around you. Think of its name, watch it grow, notice the way the leaves change. Soon trees and flowers will begin to bud, animals will come out of hibernation, People will come out of their homes to work with the land in their gardens. New life is springing up everywhere. During this season, reflect on what it means to abide in each other and abide in the earth. Remember in this season that Jesus spent his life abiding in others, and we are to take that example and abide in all of creation. Creation needs a relationship with us. May we live into that calling. Amen.